an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. It's you and me today, and we're going to talk keto. We're going to deep dive into keto, what it is, a little bit about ketosis, about ketones, exogenous and endogenous ketones. And uh, it's basically like a little keto 101. So you know that we focus on keto a lot here. And I, based on your feedback, have decided just to do several episodes with you and me. And we're just going to go back to the simple, sustainable steps. So that way we can recreate some healthy habits that will last for a lifetime. So it seems as if there's always a new craze, right? There's low fat, there's high carb, there's higher fat, there's lower carb, there's Atkins, there's paleo, there's keto, there's keto paleo, there's paleo-ish, there's carnivore now. There's all sorts of stuff, right? There's all the plans that you can go out there and do too, and go and pay for support with whatever the company name is. So is there really truly one specific way to eat for your body or is it just another fad diet? Because especially the last, I don't even know, five or 10 years, keto has taken over the search engines, right? For the number one, like diet name to be searched for prior to that, it had been paleo. So why would somebody want to restrict their eating periods? Um, why they increase their fat intake? Why would they decrease their carbohydrates? Um, why would they choose to take that extra step of monitoring blood ketones and monitoring their glucose? Because here's the deal. If you do a search in Google for ketones and you type in whatever health condition you want, you're going to find a lot of stuff. Because I find a lot of people check out Dr. Google um, and it is, there are so many things. So here, let's just go to the basis of this is every single organ of your body utilizes ketones except for the liver, because that's where the ketones are made. And we'll deep dive into why some of these organs really thrive on ketones and why they love ketones. But let's, let's get back to the basics as to what exactly is ketones and what is this? So as you know, I always go back to our paleolithic ancestors because when we look at our ancestors, they lived long, healthy, active lives. They lived the life of high, you know, fast, short bursts of intense activity. Uh, they weren't running marathons every single day. Um, they might've walked a lot of miles, but they weren't running nonstop. They hunted for their food, right? Short bursts of activity. Um, when we look at the bone density of our ancestors, uh, their bones were oblong shaped versus ours as in a more sedentary society, we're more rounded shape now. So their bones were stronger. Uh, there were so many other things we can look at the bacteria in their gut to see like what type of, this is how I run my practice, right? Like how do we base this, um, for us to achieve healthy, active lives? Because I know oftentimes people say, well, Paleolithic ancestors, like they lived to be 40. Well, a lot of times, like if they were 
eaten by a bear or something like that. Yeah. But if they were not, they lived to be long active lives. The other thing is that they ate for the seasons. There were time periods of an overabundance of food and there were time periods of not a lot of food. And so in those overabundant time periods, did they eat keto? Were they specifically tracking macros? No, they ate what was in season. If food was, was plentiful, they ate whatever animal they found. They ate their nuts and seeds, their berries, their tubers. They ate that because in the time periods of lower food, their body would adapt and tap into the fat stores and create ketones. So let's go back even one further step. Your body can run or will run on fuel. The type of fuel that your body runs on is what you choose to give it. So most of us with our typical American diet or a standard American diet, we have had a diet full of carbohydrates and carbohydrates, your breads, your pastas, your sugars, your cereals, your candies, your donuts, your pizzas, like all of those flowers, um, when they, those, and I, I have to give that whole inclusive. Cause a lot of times I will say, we need to cut the sugars out of our diet. And people look at me and say, I don't eat sugar, but they ate of entire pie the day before, but they thought that was an apple pie and it wasn't sugar. Like, so I have to quantify it as what is sugar. It is all this stuff. It's your syrups. It's the stuff that's in our pastries. It's all of that. And yes, things like potatoes and corn, your starchy vegetables break down into sugars as well. So what happens is your body has been very dependent on running on sugar for its fuel source, also known as glucose. Glucose is a very short burning fuel source. So think of it, think of the typical American that wakes up in the morning and they get a cup of coffee and they throw some sugar in that coffee. And they also, maybe they're eating a donut with it or a bagel right? Because I'm going to go back. Like I was the kid in the eighties and then high school in the nineties. And I was the girl doing the low fat diets. And when they took all that fat out in the nineties, what did they substitute it with? It was all sorts of sugar. So I did all the bagels. I did all the pastas and I was not healthy. Right? So what happens short bursts of activity. So, or short bursts of fuel source. So we eat this, we get this spike in energy and then we crash that mid morning break. Right. And we've been trained by our commercials over the years, right? That's when you grab for that, uh, sinkers bar, right? You're a little hangry. So then again, another short burst, you have a huge blood sugar spike that then drops. So then we go to lunch and we have some pasta Again, spike and then drops. And now we've hit that three o'clock lull where we're trying to figure out how we're going to get to 5 p.m. So we grab something else, right? And it is this constant roller coaster cycle of short burst of energy dropping. We eat again, short burst of energy. And what's happening when you're doing that? Every time you're eating, increase in your blood sugar drops, increase in your blood sugar drops, increase in your blood sugar drops. And so this, through the science of it, your body literally is saying, whoa, I got a lot of sugar in here. I've got to adapt. 
It throws out all its hormones to help normalize your blood sugar levels. Because like I've told you before, your body really can only tolerate one teaspoon of sugar at a time without going into a hyperglycemic coma or a high sugar coma, like a diabetic coma. And again, people will say, but that doesn't happen to me, right? It's because your body is so beautiful. So innate it like it, it knows exactly what to do. You give it a ton of sugar and it says, okay, I can't go into a coma. Let's bring this back down. And so if we do this for years on end, which turns into decades, this is when we see things like type two adult onset diabetes, which as you know, we don't call it type two adult onset anymore because we're seeing this happening in our kids. So what used to take decades to happen in adults that are like my age and above, now we're seeing it in little children. And like I've said, for the last 20 years of my practice, I hate the fact that this like young generation, like now, I mean, I've been saying it for 20 years, my practice, let's go for like the kids that are probably 20 and younger. And then probably through about 28 to 30 are not going to outlive their parents' life expectancy rate for the first time ever in human history. It's pretty sad, right? Because you think of it, they have lived on a diet full of processed foods. They are the ones that have been eating McDonald's for dinner every single night because it was easier to throw the kids in the minivan because we were taking them to sports and everything else. So that is when we are sugar burners. That's what your body knows as glucose. This is when we start to see higher sugar intakes. And it's not just diabetes. We also know that a fasting blood sugar level of 90 increases the risk of Alzheimer's because they are now calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes of the brain. And again, I think everybody knows somebody with Alzheimer's, it's a brutal disease, right? Like I want my memory. I think you probably want your memory too. I want to have those memories of my entire life when I'm 80 and 90 years old. I you know, if you've ever spent time with an Alzheimer patient or a dementia patient, it's a constant cycle of the same question over and over and over again. Right. And at first it's like, wow, that's kind of funny. They just asked me that 30 seconds later, they're asking me it again. And, and it's a brutal disease. Diabetes, you know, just diabetes is a brutal disease on the body physically, but when it hits the mind, that is such a sad thing. So we know these are all preventable. And again, like I always say, like, do you want to wake up at 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and say, what happened? Or do you want to be out there enjoying your life? Like enjoying the time with your kids and your grandkids and, you know, walk in your kids down the aisle for their wedding or whatever it is. It's those memories that we want to be a part of. Right. And so we want to make sure that we're healthy and active and we, we have to take care of ourselves. And so nutrition is such an important part of that because the food that you eat becomes who you are down the road. So now let's deep dive into keto. So what happens in this time period when, when our, uh, if, if we're restricting our carbohydrates. So again, going back to our paleolithic ancestors, when times of food were not as abundant, this is when our body would adapt and tap into the fat stores of ketones, right? And we started using ketones for fuel. This is when you start to hear people when they've been in ketosis for a while, they're like, this is such, so magical, right? Like I have such brain clarity. Like, Hey, yeah, I'm losing fat. Like I'm burning the extra fat stores, but there's something about it because guess what? Your brain loves ketones, right? So that brain clarity that happens, but let's bust the myth right now. Like straight up, you've heard keto flu. And I see people, sometimes they get confused with it thinking like it's literally a sickness or, um, but, but let's go through the science as to what's happening because 
people can go through this and say, I couldn't get through that keto flu. And I, I just, keto wasn't for me. Oh, keto's for you. Trust me. You just got to get through that transition phase. And so what's happening is if you have been a carbohydrate burner your entire life, you have been a sugar burner your entire life. And you're saying, Hey, tomorrow I'm going keto and I'm going to go down to 20 grams of carbs. And you do that, right? Like I think of that, I did Atkins like crazy in the early two thousands and those transition phases, like I was chugging down, you know, like, uh, creamer, like <laughs> it was insane. Right. But my carbs were zero, um, or definitely less than 20 grams of carbs, but it was that transition where you're like, gosh, I'm so sluggish. I am so tired. And maybe like headachey and, and very just lethargic and just achy and all sorts of stuff, right? Like you're thirsty, all, all sorts of stuff. What's happening? Let's get realistic. What's happening is your body, like you have been feeding it sugar for fuel your entire life and you just 100% took it all away. And now your body's saying, what did you do? Like, I have no idea. Like, I know I can burn another source of fuel right now. I don't know. Wait, wait, I got to remember how to do this. And so in the meanwhile, we're sitting here saying, oh, this is so bad. I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. I don't want it. Like, it's just not fun. I want you to power through it for those three days and get through that because on the other end, when your body says, oh yeah, I got this. I remember I need to burn ketones. Okay. Look fat. Got it. We don't need sugar. Got it. Let's do this. That's when the magic happens. So as you know, I love tapering carbs because a lot of times I don't think people are even aware to the amount of carbs that they're eating each day. And just saying like, it's not, it's not good. It's not bad, but some people might be eating 400 grams of carbs every day and they don't realize it. And so we've got to create that awareness. Cause if you're that person that's at 400 grams and you're cutting down to 20, yeah, it's going to be hard and you're going to quit. And you're going to say, I tried this once and it wasn't for me. But if you realize you're doing 400 grams of carbs and you cut it down to 200 and then you cut it to hundred and then you cut it down, like that's going to make it so much easier. And this is when I start to use exogenous ketones. If you know me, I've used proven exogenous ketones since the company started way back when there's so much, like when I was first introduced to them, I was like, I told the girl, I was like, I don't need these. My body's making ketones on its own. Why would I do this? And I started digging. And I, there was one researcher that I kept finding. This was, you know, gosh, many years ago. It was Dominic D'Agostino. And I was like, okay, he's researching on ketones. And then I realized what ketones he was actually, he was researching on these exogenous ketones. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I know. Cause I've done those searches guys. When I told you to do this, the online search type ketones and blah, 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 blah. Like I know the health benefits of ketosis. So that's when I was like, oh, I'm making my own ketones. But what if I added even more? And that's when I was like, oh, so I love these for pre-workout. I get a really great workout when I drink my, my, it's the prove it ketones prior to my workout. Love them. But this is the hack that I will use a lot of times when people are struggling, when you have a very sweet tooth, because again, go back and listen to one of the sugar uh, podcasts where we talk about the addictive nature of sugar. It is real. Like your brain is lighting up and firing in the addictive centers when you eat sugar. So trying to cut it cold turkey is very difficult for some people. What I have found with clients, with other people that I use this with, literally, if you do the exogenous ketones, there's something that it just cuts your sugar cravings. And it makes like all of a sudden you're not hungry all the time because again, your sugar, your sugar levels are, are balancing out, but it makes getting into ketosis a lot easier. But I am going to flat out say this. I hate, I hate when people pull this BS on social media. 
where they're like, I'm in ketosis and all I did was drink ketones. No, you're not. Okay. So technically, yeah, you did your ketones. You drank a bunch of ketones. Yeah. Your numbers on your blood ketone meter are showing that you're in a state of ketosis, but you ate a bunch of crap. That's not like that. Don't do that because that's when you're going to see the weight gain, right? That's when you're going to see all sorts of other stuff. Ketones are beautiful in addition to a ketogenic diet. But if you're going to continue to eat a high carb diet, don't bother. Don't waste your money. All right, because you will see weight, uh, weight gain on that because your body's saying carbs, sugar, carb. I don't know what to burn or carbs and sugar and ketones. What the heck is going on? All right. But if you're really, truly committed and you want to see better success, that's when you can add in exogenous ketones. And again, there are a ton on the marketplace now. Why do I still use Prove It? When it was back in the day, Prove It was the only one on the marketplace because Prove It is the one that the research was done on and they, they own the patent on them. So I want a really good quality one. They are a little bit more pricey than the other ones. But again, sometimes, you know, you got to pay for good quality. That's just like the supplements in my practice. They're more pricey. They're good quality. Like I've got one uh, product line that is freaking fantastic, guys. And patients will come in and say, well, I found the other one online. Like, yeah, but they don't realize when they're buying the one to consumers, they're getting a fraction of the product versus what you're getting from the actual doctor line. So, um, not, not prove it's not a doctor line, right? But um, just to give you, that's how I use exogenous ketones. It is a wonderful, nice transition for people if they're going through that. If you are in a plateau and you kind of just need to bust through the plateau, that's nice. You do not have to do ketones every single day for the rest of your life. Like, right? Like, no, I don't do that. I do them on and off, but I always like, I do them before a workout um, because I really notice I can lift easier. It's just things are, it, it, I like it. And, uh, there is protein sparing lysine in it, which helps with uh, muscles. I like that. So that is a little bit about ketones, ketosis, exogenous ketones. Exogenous is when you're taking them externally. Endogenous is when you make them your own. And again, I always like, if you're drinking the ketones, don't do your blood levels afterwards. I want you to know where you are prior to drinking your ketones. Let's see if you're really in a state of ketosis without doing ketones. Does that make sense? What else? What else do you guys want to know about? Ketones, ketosis, exogenous ketones, endogenous ketones. Let's talk about measuring ketones because this is where I see a lot of confusion with people. Um, even I, I see it a lot. I'll just say it that way. A lot of us will grab our urine sticks and we start out with our keto diet that way, right? And so we're testing our urine and we're so excited because we get into ketosis, right? And then at some point it stops and we start to kick ourselves because we know we're not cheating, but we're not in ketosis. So let's talk about the three different types of ketones and what they are and how to measure them. So when you think of the typical, when people get into ketosis and they get into a deep state of ketosis, there's typically like a breath that comes about, right? Like the acetone breath. So you can measure ketone levels through your breath. I have a meter. Um, I don't use it anymore. Um, if you can find one and you find, and you love it, then go with it. Right. I just found that there's another one that tends to be like, if I measure my blood, it tends to be more accurate, but your urine sticks are acetoacetate. So what's happening is your body's making ketones and you are excreting them. 
And that's why you're measuring it on the stick and you can see it. It changes the color on the stick and you're in ketosis. And then all of a sudden it stops and you're so bummed because you can't figure out what's going on. You're apparently you're not in ketosis anymore. Oh, but guess what? You are. So again, Google health benefits, ketones, ketosis, whatever. Like I said, every single organ utilizes ketones, except your liver, because it makes the ketones by breaking down the fat. So do I want to pee out all my ketones that I'm making? No, I want my body using them. So I definitely want my body to use them. So now we need to test our blood. And this is when we test beta hydroxybutyrate, which is that ketone that is in your blood. This is why, you know, there are a lot of different keto uh, meters out there. Um, the hindrance of them is that a lot of times they're expensive. Um, and, and, and I'm hesitant to say this. There was one I was using for a very long time and my numbers were so skewy. Um, and I didn't understand because I knew where my blood sugar levels should be. And I, and I saw where my fasting blood sugar numbers were. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. And then I was introduced to Keto Mojo and I just started, you know, researching them and they happen to state that the FDA gives a huge variance where they allow like a big error rate. Like I don't have, what's the word I'm looking for, but a big span, like you can be kind of close, but not hundred percent close. And, and at that time it was like 20% that I was shocked because 20% is a big number. And when, especially when you have people giving insulin based on of these numbers, I was like, I can't believe the FDA allows that. So Keto Mojo doesn't go to that extreme. They were like, we, we can, but we're not going to. And so they made a much more accurate meter. And when I got their meter, I really like, that's when I was like, oh yeah, this makes more sense to me. Um, this seems like the lifestyle that I'm living. And then I'm also going to say like, once we see people really truly healing their gut, um, that's when we really start to see some nice changes too, with those numbers overall. Uh, so I really like Keto Mojo. You can use the link in the show notes below, um, but I, I love them and they have made it much more affordable and cost-effective to be able to test your ketone levels on a daily basis if you want. So that's the meter that I use. So if you want to figure out like a nice little three-day keto Kickstarter, check out my program. That just gives you here, plus a little bonus, you get four days in it, but we go through the basics. We talk about like how to get into this just as your little booster. If you need to like recommit to keto, I do have my four week program, uh, especially where we go through my three prong approach, especially for women on how we need to do keto differently. We're not just little men. So we've got to be able to eat for our hormones. We need to be able to understand what's happening with our hormones. I, I really, my little line is like our hormones need to be this beautiful, intricate dance, and we don't need to be like the drunk girl at the, you know, dancing crazy at the frat party. Like that's not what our hormones need to be doing. We need to literally have this beautiful, intricate dance. And when we understand how our hormones should be for those 28 days out of the month, as we're cycling through all of them, um, it, it turns, it's beautiful if we can eat basically with that and we can work out, make our workouts fit with our periods too. So that's, um, that course is where I really deep dive into that. And we do have husbands that jump along or the men in our women's lives that do that. So, um, you know, that one portion of it is not going to be really catered to the guys, but otherwise we are talking about how to really like taper your carbs, get into ketosis, um, how to figure out when you're fat adapted, how long to stay in ketosis before you have to knock yourself out of ketosis. So, uh, check that out. And if you want to get a 
consult with me, you can always get onto a discovery call and you can book that over at bit.ly. So bit.ly forward slash Dr. Lisa consult, DR Lisa consult. Again, that's in the show notes below. Did you like that episode? If I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in, and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.